0: But literally, I'm always terrified when I start these things because I don't know. I guess I'll do some sort of intro now. Um, I still haven't like figured out the wording for this. I say this every time. But yeah, welcome to the Game Dev Origins podcast with me, Lewis Thompson. And today we are joined by Connor Jack and Natalie. Uh, So, yeah, welcome, guys. And do you want to introduce yourself? Let's start with Natalie. Who are you and what do you do?
1: Uh, I'm Natalie. Uh, I'm Scottish and I am a motion capture specialist.
0: Scottish is, uh, Scottish is a job The job as well It
1: is a job <laughs> Gotta fight that freedom
0: That dual employment
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly
0: And CJ, do you want to introduce yourself?
2: Yeah, so I'm CJ I'm not Scottish And I'm a motion capture <laughs> specialist So you're both motion capture specialists?
0: Yes. yes Amazing And you both work on the same team, right? Yes. Yes Amazing So First things first, right? What what is motion capture? Do you do it with like a trap or something, or a fishing rod? Like what? How do you capture motion? He wants to start with this
2: one. Let's <laughs> attack you with the hard
0: question. Feel free to jump in.
2: Uh, I guess I'll take it then. Go so uh, basically, we record uh, movements of people or animals, depending, and uh, the data that's been captured. We apply it to um, to data, and that data is passed on to animators who kind of finalise the whole animation pipeline. Um, It's different in different places. Uh, Some some places uh, are more outsourced, so they purely deal with like recording data. Uh, Some places deal with processing that data, Um, and yeah, so. We we cover people up in balls and let them go.
0: I'd <laughs> let them go.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: And I caged at
0: the wind, side of something.
2: Ready <laughs> <It's
1: funny> to <laughs> wind them up, crank the the toy at the back, and just let them waddle away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, like, what what kind of what are your responsibilities then? Because you say you capture the data. Does that mean you also maintain like the area? Like, what does your kind of day look like as a motion capture specialist?
1: Uh, uh, like early wanna, starts, yeah. yeah, early starts, uh, whoever, because we have separate roles in the team for a shoot. One of them is running body, which is the one that captures all the, the data and the cameras and everything. We have someone running the real-time machine, so that is either engine or motion builder and that gives it like a live view of what the person's doing and if it's an engine that's really cool because then they can see themselves in the level Um, and then depending on what type of shoot we might be capturing phase and that is a whole thing of like fitting the head cam and aligning it and working with a separate team to make sure they're all happy but yeah it's it depends on what your job is on the day for a shoot
0: so there's like multiple roles like within motion capture specialists, not just' yeah. not just all doing the same thing. it's like you turn up, you, you kind of divvy it out and, and get going.:
2: Yes, yeah, it also depends on uh kind of the you know what what roles we've got to do and what tasks we've got to do for that day. So we don't necessarily just deal with uh, mocap shoots. we also deal with handling that data, uh, basically making sure that data looks good, looks clean. Uh, so that when we pass it on to the animators, they have, you know, a nice, clean product. Um, a lot of knowledge uh, is kind of picked up from this. Um, so it's it's very much um, a case of what job we've been given on that day. Uh, but it's kind of a dual job, if that makes sense. So you don't just deal with, you know, we, our our job in specific is um, not just one role. We're not post or pre-production, we're both, if that makes sense. So it just depends on what tasks we've been given.
0: So you mentioned also like uh early starts, like why why is why is the early start something? Why don't you just rock up at nine and like or, or ten like some people <laughs> and just start then <laughs> like what is there a big setup involved or like Yeah.
2: So setup uh, yeah. set up, uh I mean any any stage will tell you this, but self usually takes about two to three hours depending on what the role, well what what the uh what the day involves. If it's a a PCAP shoot, which is with a HMC, uh that takes longer because obviously we've got to sell two things. Uh and then there's a pro- there's the process of making sure, you know, us on the technical side, everything works there. Um, um just so for just lot... for everyone out
0: like what is it what's a hmc for, for those hmc things?
2: is a head-mounted camera and uh it's basically uh face mocap so so when you say both have... at the same time it's like body capture
0: plus facial performance capture yes. and, and those two are separate
2: yeah that's correct yeah. awesome so there's different little bits of things here and there um we always try to get done a bit earlier as well in terms of setting people up in case we bump into any technical issues. Um, so time is of the essence, basically. <laughs> You've got to be fast. <laughs> so you say, like, these all... Like,
0: is anything planned in advance, or is it just wing it on the day sort of thing? Of, like, how how does that go? Because
1: Yeah, so... Hopefully. Planning... <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's planned in advance. It doesn't always go that way. But, um, for example on a pickup shoot they'll have grips ready to go they'll have like set scenes that they want to capture and get the face for it but if it's just like little pickups here and there for the game they might just come in and be like i'm gonna do this and hope this works
2: yeah it depends very much on what we are doing uh, obviously we can't discuss too much in terms of what we're doing because you know I don't want the NDA really yeah, no, knocking to discuss. <laughs> don't discuss anything. I don't know anything. You know, but um, majority of the time, things have to be planned purely so we can take into consideration, okay, well, what happens if this happens or that happens? And it just makes our job a lot easier, um, knowing what to expect, instead of just kind of going, oh, okay, uh, let's do this or, oh, let's do that, you know.
0: Yeah, so, like, I mean, the other thing is, like, so obviously, you said you you hand the kind of data over to the animators. What's the kind of main, what what the kind of responsibilities of you guys versus the actual like animators? Like what what do they get handed off? Like because so, obviously, like from the outsider's view, right? You do the motion capture, and then it's in the game. <laughs> like how explain how like being a motion capture specialist, where do your responsibilities end and then the animators
2: start? So... Our job essentially is to make the mocap data look good. Um, we don't deal with like things such as, for example, uh, face animations or anything like that. Um, we purely deal with the body, and in some cases, you know, things such as props. Uh, we have to make sure that data is clean, um, make sure the body looks not like good, because you don't want to have it where, for example, shoulders are too high or too low, because animators can't go into that. And It's not really their responsibility, it's our job. So we basically make sure the data that we've captured looks good, looks okay, contact points are there, here you go, have a present from the mocap team. And then the animators go and essentially just clean everything up, apply nice animations, and then it's, you know, it goes wherever kind of thing. So just you want
1: it to, sorry, if you want it to be broken down further, the first step is tracking data. So making sure there's no gaps in any data and making sure that the data that is captured is readable and not like markers bouncing all over the place, depending on what the hell happened on shoot. Um, And then you've got to put it onto a rig that the animators can actually work with so that it's not just raw data. And then they get that rig to actually do what they need to do with it, just with the animations baked down so that they can then add their own tweaks to it.
0: I see. And when you mentioned earlier about the the head-mounted camera stuff, does the Mm head-mounted camera capture any kind of data from the face, or is it literally just a video recording that they then go and animate?
1: Well, for the face team, which is a separate team to us, what they do is they put makeup markers on people's faces that is tracked with, well, they track it later. But the head-mounted camera captures a close-up of the face, so that you can see all the markers. They then take that video, put it into a tracking software, and work with that. So
0: oh, that's cool.
1: That's about as far as I can deep dive into that. I haven't actually worked with any face data yet. Do they <laughs> do they
0: kind of rock up and start like drawing on the actors with the sharpie or something like? Is that do they are they involved in the shoot in that respect?
1: <laughs> yes, eyeliner, not sharpie. Oh, eyeliner. Love- <laughs>
0: Awesome, awesome. That's really interesting, because, like, I don't know, I I always imagined, I don't know, it to be different. I think when you do performance capture, I almost thought that an animator literally just, like, imports it into the engine and doesn't really do much. I didn't do much of it at university. I know we had, like, at our place, Connor, we had a motion capture studio, didn't we? Yeah. And we... I had the opportunity to use that a little bit. Um, But, yeah, it's quite... It's quite in depth, isn't it? And I don't know. Just thinking about the sheer amount of people it takes to make make this stuff is pretty insane. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah. Do you guys love your job? Yeah, yes. of course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the PR, the PR. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love my job. I mean, yes, legal I mean, team. <laughs> one of the benefits of our job is, uh, and this isn't like a big at anyone else, but we get to we get to like leave our computers and actually meet like different actors and different people and you know it's it's a nice break um from being behind computers so it's 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 a nice separation that's that's why i really enjoy it
0: what percentage would you say because i know you sometimes come come for lunch with us and stuff but when you're on shoots you like you're, you're locked away in in the other building uh what what what's Locks the kind away. of Yeah, you yeah, are like you know, <laughs> post in the lunch chat and it's a ghost town, usually you're like telling someone to brush their teeth or something. So like what what's what's the deal? because like, obviously you're not shooting every single day because there's not enough actors in the world to be to be bashing those out, but like what's the kind of percentage of I don't know, shoots to to clean up and, you know, at desk work? Would you say?
2: So, I'd say it as a whole, um from what I've experienced as well, I would say it's probably about a seventy to thirty percent ratio, um, thirty percent being shoots and seventy percent being like post data or just cleanup in general, because those things can sometimes need a bit more time. Um, with a shoot, yeah, we we do need time to do that as well. But yeah, that's that's what I'd say personally. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: Awesome. I mean, that sounds pretty good. I think, like, I, re- I remember, like, I don't know. You, I mean, you were sat in that middle bit for a while in the studio, weren't you? And I remember coming past and harassing you a lot. But then, you, then occasionally, you disappear off for shoots, and you're like, "Yeah, I've got to be up at like stupid o'clock in the morning. We're doing a shoot, and it's like, ooh, fancy too good to eat lunch with us today." But,
1: um, but yeah, Well, man. we did. Do- we do get a uh, uh, let me try that again. We do get lunch provided, yeah. or we can like leave. But because of when we shoot, that's normally after you guys are away for lunch.
0: Oh, poor souls! So you get locked in until like 4 p.m. so.
1: <laughs> 4 p.m. If you're, lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky. I mean, how
0: long does if you're doing a shoot day? How long does it last for? Like, so does it, it does depends. it go on for a long
2: time because of the
0: having to fill it all
2: in? Purely it depends on what we are doing. Um, if we're doing a simple shoot where something like a HMC face cam isn't involved, we can be finished at something like five and be out by half five. Um, but if we're doing something like a uh, a PCAP shoot, that can tend to last till like six or seven. Um, obviously, I can't say why, um, but yeah. They they do take long, but when when you have done them, um, you you kind of feel like right, a bit of a, a bit of a reward. You know, it's it's quite rewarding seeing how the day goes and you being there from start to finish. It's a nice thing to see, and everyone's in it together until when... the last day, where everyone's burnt out and full of air loss.
1: <laughs> We're always the last ones to leave.
2: Well, you two specifically. Sp-
1: well, no, more cap in general. First one's in, last one's out.
0: And is there like, uh, so you have to like, obviously you set things up in the morning, is it like an even longer process taking it down or is it quite quick or?
1: It's for the length of backup because of course when you capture things on a shoot, you don't want to just leave it on one storage device. Yeah. Just because that gives the fear. So... We have to back things up and that is the longest part of the day, really.
0: <laughs> Christ. Google Drive well, like, of course. under heavy load. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> of course we have to like strip the suits and wash that and whatnot. And that's just you've got to wait until people are out of the suits to do that.
0: Who takes who takes the suits home to wash? Was it done? The, see, mean, I'm getting no, in, no, I'm no. getting into the questions that people really want to know now. This is like forget forget how to become a motion capture specialist. Who operates the washing machine at the end of the day? Is it you, Connor? No, there's an energy crisis going on. I don't take
1: it home. <laughs> take it home.
0: Forget to take the
2: balls off the suit, and you, your washing machine is just broke at the end Gen- of the night. Genuinely, it's it's a rock paper scissors situation. That's how we deal with it in our team. Yeah,
1: it is, yeah, that's true. <laughs>
2: Amazing. <laughs> how many people are on on your team? Like to run a shoot? Is there a well, lot? I'm kind of run... a person, so
1: <laughs> to run a shoot again, it depends on if it's just like bog standard shoot, no head cam, no nothing. It's about three people, two. It, you can get away with two, um, but if it's like it's got the head cams and everything, that is significantly more people, and not just from our team. Like other teams as well, but from our team on a bigger shoot, I would say five.
2: There, there has been certain shoots where uh, it's been quite intense, and in the whole team has had to be involved. Yeah. Um, they're the they're the most stressful ones because you're not just dealing with, you know, the tech side of things. Uh, you're dealing with ref cams, um, and you're basically the support of you're supporting the directors. Um, so. Them shoots, everyone will be on board. You know, they're quite intense, but they're pretty fun.
0: And like when you're doing like the kind of when you're doing the shoots and you've got like an actor there, are you guys the one giving direction, or is there like someone else that comes in to do the direction? Like,
2: so, is that yeah, your team's so, responsibility, or do you
0: just handle the tech side?
2: We just handle the tech side. We basically make sure everything works. Uh, nothing is broken. Um, you you know. We, Purely text. We we do not tell people what to do, because if we did that, you know, we'd be fired.
1: We do give advice, <laughs> if they're doing something that is gonna be a pain for us later, we'll be like, Yeah. Can you maybe, like, shift your hand, maybe. Just, like, slightly. Please. <laughs> Please. Please. <laughs> Please don't
0: put your hand there. You have to make them all, you have to make them all t-pose, don't you? At the
1: beginning. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah, beginning yeah. and end of every take. And obviously, like, I tell you, obviously, after I mean, a long shoot, you you get sick of hearing your own voice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> obviously, like, you guys can't discuss who you've had, like, visit yes. and stuff, but I imagine you've seen some really funny t-poses from from people.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> there's been be some like... cases where, I was gonna say, there's been some cases where, like, who we've dealt with hasn't t-posed because of who they are, and it's like, oh okay, <laughs> Really not meant to clean.
1: When they don't t pose and the person who's running body is shouting at me, we all just stand behind the computers t posing waiting for them to look. Oh my god. Just an army of people t posing until they realise great. <laughs> I can't imagine
0: Imagine not wanting to t pose. <laughs> it's like the most powerful pose you can pull. Like it's it it's iconic.
1: He pulls for dominance.
0: So we've talked about what you guys do, which is really good. It's a really good high-level look at kind of motion capture. Obviously, like we can't go into the super super nitty gritty, otherwise we'll get sued. Um, <laughs> but let's let's change it. Let's change the direction now, and let's head. We're going to head back in time. All right. So we're going to go all the way back. Uh well, it's it's not that far back, is it? To be honest. Um, my hairline is yeah <laughs> i was gonna say you're still a kid connor i'm fucking still using the the kid sizes <laughs> um we're gonna go all the way back to uh yeah let's start i want to hear about both of your stories starting from from school um and kind of the path you took to get into into this role that you are now because like um a lot of, you know, back when you when you're that young, you don't know about all the opportunities in games and you don't understand like all the effort and and the amount of roles required to make a great game come to fruition. And obviously, um they do stuff like motion capture in film as well. And I I think my first look at kind of motion capture was like looking at behind the scenes of like Iron Man or something like that. Um but obviously it extends to the games industry as well and stuff. So one at a time. I don't know who wants to go first, but yeah, let's just sort through your story from from how you got from school to where you are now. Because um, I'm sure there's two very unique takes on, on how to do it. So who okay, wants to go first? Exactly. Go on, Nat, you go first. Uh,
1: okay. So in high school, I wanted to be an English teacher. Woo! Obviously, that <laughs> didn't work out. <laughs> and then... I wanted to work in social care and that didn't work out and then i discovered my love of animation so i went to college to study animation loved it and i've always had an absolute fascination with motion capture always wanted to do it literally picked my university choice based on the fact that they had a motion capture studio in it um That was great, went off to uni, continued my animation studies, and when I wanted to do my motion capture project, COVID hit. So I didn't get a chance to actually do that, and so what I did instead, whilst being at home all sad because pandemic, is I taught myself how to clean up motion capture data, and basically i just did that for a little bit got my degree worked for a tv show which was wildly different but i just wanted a job i just wanted any job that wasn't game because game's horrendous (laughs) anyway worked for a tv show that isn't out yet so i can't talk about it (laughs) and then i applied to join the face team Uh, the company I work at and the lead for the face team decided actually I think she'd be good in mocap so I got the chance to interview and based on my personality and the fact that I was honest I got given the job so if you want to get a job and you're not like you don't have the skills or the confidence just get to the point of an interview and just be honest because that's all it took. <laughs> My boss told me there was people more qualified than me, but because they lied when they were asked questions, they didn't get chosen.
0: Damn, that's that's some deep philosophical stuff. Don't be a dickhead, <laughs> kids. You heard it here first. <laughs> so, so let's yes. let's let's go let's go back. What what uni did you go to?
1: Aberdey University, Dundee, Scotland.
0: And so how did COVID, uh, so you said obviously COVID hit, how did that, Mm -hmm. how did that affect the motion capture side of things? Because...
1: Well, we we were all locked in our homes
0: mm -hmm.
1: and yeah, they they were like, well, yeah, you can't use our motion capture suite. So So how
0: how did you actually like gain that experience then for using, because you said you were cleaning up data, was that data that had been pre-recorded or did you go and find it on the internet? Like how did that work out?
1: So, I spoke to my lecturer at the time, and I was like, listen, this is what I want to do for this little personal project thing. And they were like, cool, well you can't do it here, but I have a database worth, like, full of data that's been pre-captured that you can have at and see what you can do with it. So I did that, but I also set up a 360 Connect, connected it to my computer, and I captured some data of myself in my living room. Um, just to see what it was like. Well, the, the Xbox One Connect, that no, thing. The Xbox 360 Connect. So you the back. thing? <laughs> it was a
0: 360 Connect. Yeah. Because really?
1: The, yeah. Oh wait, yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I remember because it had that
0: connectables game on it, didn't it?
1: Yeah. And it, it had is, the
0: purple, yeah. the purple packaging on all the. Uh, yeah, yeah, Oh my god, how could I forget? I used to trade in loads of those because everyone <laughs> would buy one and not want it.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's insane. I didn't even realize. So you can use that for motion capture.
1: You can. It's not great, but it's something to learn. Like it just taught me a couple of like basics on motion capture, and it it was really fun. Like I just had so much fun just learning about it and doing it and teaching myself a pipeline in Motion Builder, um, just and how to like get the data onto a rig so that you can then shove it into maya or unreal engine or unity and just have like animated data um so yeah i did i did my little project like that
0: that's really cool because like obviously there's only a few well i don't know how many that's two universities i know that have a mocap studio now and i remember our uni used to make a massive deal out of um out of ours being, like, the only one or something, or the, or the biggest one, or... I don't know. I can't oh, yeah, it was... It was so,
1: but... The problem with Abertay's one is it was mostly used by the sports students, so they would, like, get on a treadmill and they'd watch themselves running on a treadmill. <laughs> it wasn't really... <laughs> <laughs> they just
0: do the gait analysis on a yeah. full-performance capture motion suite.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they weren't really used for, like, the animators and stuff that went to that uni. But I was just, I was so determined that I was going to use it, and then I never ended up using it anyway. But um, I think also Glasgow Caledonian University has a little mocap suite. It's it's basically just a couple of cameras on a wall, but it's still something. <laughs> um. But yeah, I I suppose staffs is the biggest one. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I guess we'll find out when we we talk to to Mister Motion Malloy. Uh,
2: <laughs> it's your
0: boy. It's your boy, Motion Malloy, coming at you live from five feet off the ground. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, come
0: on, let's let's hear your side. I know, I know, yeah. part of your side, but like, yeah, let's mine, let's hear mine, it from your
2: perspective. Mine's like, so it's gonna get a bit deep, but I have autism and I have problems. Uh, or You know, I still struggle with uh, communication issues. And playing video games was a way of getting away from kind of having to deal with social situations. And um, yeah, it was all I was doing for a bit. And I felt like if I was going to do anything with my life, video games had to be, you know, the, the thing I'd do. So for years, I kind of, I thought, Based on the knowledge of video games being released, that would be the thing that would get me into industry. So I kind of went on a massive like buying video games for old consoles or this and the other, in and kind of gaining the knowledge. Hence why I always go on about retro video games. Now it's kind of a, a old habit that hasn't died, and you know, kind of watching films as well at that time because you know, Lord of the Rings had come out, and growing up around this whole kind of surge of CGI uh, in films. It was an interesting time because you saw this cool technology. And Lord of the Rings uh, had got him in it. So, you know, the, the mocap technology behind that really pulled me in. And for years I kind of just went above learning, went, went above beyond learning things about you know mocap and what goes into special effects and all this and the other. And then I took a bit of a detour and I thought I was going to be a musician. But When I realized, you know, I had to, I had no hopes of making it as a musician, uh, I had to take a back step and kind of go back to college, um, study games development at Bourneville College, um, and I then went to Staffs, you know, I applied at Staffs University, and I was in this weird point of, do I want to go down, uh, the modeling route? Do I want to go down the game design route? Or, you know, these options were presented to me, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I kind of just chose everything in my first year. Um, absolutely failed at game design and games engines. I did okay at modeling, uh, but animation I actually did really well. So I kind of, for the next two years after that, channeled like animation and uh, in my Second year summer, uh, I decided to learn Maya. Uh, I hadn't learned before. I'd only had experience with 3ds Max and little bits of motion builder here and there. And having that technical knowledge of that software really helped me because I was able to do something that hadn't been done or hadn't been taught to that extent at uh, the uni, which was, you know, technical rigging of a character. So I made this uh, character, uh, Jack, I, from Jack and Daxter. I rigged it up, so it had its own blend shapes um curves or everything you name it it was all there, and it was mocap ready and yeah i I thought this is what I'm gonna do this is what I'm gonna you know this is the kind of career I want to pursue pursue the technical side of animation and then Staffs uni had a job opening for um motion capture um uh, sorry, let me get the title right games and visual effects uh technical specialist. So I applied for the job, and I'm really grateful they gave me the opportunity. I think I was really, really anxious in that interview as well. I'm surprised, like, they looked at me and went, nah. I was literally sitting there, and <laughs> I had long, curly hair, and I was sweating that much. <laughs> it was absolute. It was, her- oh, it was horrific. I'm still embarrassed by, you know, that. But that was important for me to do that. After all I'd kind of came from, you know, having this social anxiety of, talking to people, not knowing what I wanted to do with my life, not really having a personality to a degree, because I had nothing to then being in the being in this position where I'm having a job interview and, you know, staff offered me the position and, um, yeah, it was great. There was uh, a couple of people who I looked up to, um, and some of my old lecturers who really helped me kind of narrow down the, the knowledge and, you know, the skills of what it takes to run, uh, you know, a workshop, uh, how to look after the stage, building things, props, et cetera. And it was really great. And then COVID hit. So I was on furlough for a bit. And the only kind of communication I had was Animal Crossing, where everyone was literally there like, you know, I don't know if you heard that. But, um <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But, you know, um, once COVID cleared up in the situation with teaching cleared up as well because I wasn't allowed to be in, be in classrooms because of the restrictions that were on. So um, with those restrictions, I had to bear in mind how I could teach people and that really kind of, you know, that kind of communication skill, it was quite difficult. So I found that a bit hard because, you know, trying to teach people who also want to pursue in that career. And being limited li- being limited to what you can do, it's quite difficult. Uh, and then I, I, I saw Cloud Imperium were off, like they're, were, they were offering like a job at, um, they had a job opening, uh, for mocap Specialist and, uh, I genuinely didn't think I'd get the job because the role, um, that they were offering, I thought, oof, it's going to be a bit of a push that, and the first interview I had with them, uh, I didn't, I didn't get it, but I was really close. And then the second interview I had with them uh, a couple of months down the line, they offered me a position and uh, things got really wild in terms of my own knowledge of mocap, you know, the stuff that you learn by being on a shoot, by being, you know, in that environment, it's high speed. It's, you know, you've got to be on the ball 24 seven when you're on a shoot, the vast amount of knowledge you suddenly gain, it's, it's mad. And uh, even now, you know, I've been in industry uh, and I've been doing mocap for nearly, nearly three years now, Um, I'm still learning, you know, I'm still having the capability of growth. And I think that's great, you know, you never truly stop learning. And yeah, that's how I got to where I am now. Um, The smallest mocap specialist you'll ever see. They had you
1: climbing. I- I'm five foot. You're slightly taller than me. can then. I don't
2: think me and tall can be in the same sentence.
1: <laughs> you're you're still taller than me.
0: The problem is, I've known CJ for a lot longer than I've known you, and it's a lot yeah. easier to bully someone you've known for longer.
1: Yeah. It's Not bullying.
0: It's character building.
1: Yeah, that's so, yeah,
0: that's what we were saying. It's not bullying. It's character building. I'm not quite but, sure, um, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a fucking. I mean. It's it's mad really because like the two very different kind of journeys with different like limitations right where like you know Natalie obviously you had to learn using like connects and stuff like that and and pre-recorded data and then Connor, you learned on the shoot and you learned by like maintaining like a mocap stage right yeah and yeah I'm just imagining you now trying to put all the cameras up like. <laughs> it must have been like monkey bar and a cross to like hang stuff
2: up.
0: <laughs> you have like vines set up and like swinging from like side
2: side of the room to the other and stuff. That's insane. I had to get really tall ladders. You scared of heights? I went I'm terrified. Oh, when I went goodness. up these ladders, uh, in when I was doing the stage at Stas, um, as I was going up, I had to get someone to hold the ladders for me, and I'm going up and I'm literally shaking. And they're there like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah." You know. <laughs> I bar- trying <laughs> I'm trying not sure to drop camera. How much? How much are
0: those cameras? How much are the cameras worth? They're, um, they're, are they quite? So I never. I, I I know someone told me before, but I'm sat there like, if Natalie can record on an Xbox 360 camera, <laughs> how much are the actual ones that they use on a mocap suite? And there's a lot of them as well, right? They're not. I mean, they're massive, aren't they? Yeah. So, um.
2: The one on our stage, uh, we actually can't discuss the prices and all about stats. Or you're not allowed to tell us about um, them either. I'm not allowed to say that either. Uh, um, all course. I can say is it's expensive. You know. Alright, we'll we'll settle with expensive. Expensive.
0: Are we yeah. talking ten thousand? No, I'm joking, I'm joking. We're um, talk
2: we talk expensive.
0: <laughs> let's just say for the for the price of a, a few Greg sausage rolls, you can trade yourself for a, a motion capture camera.
2: Um, I mean, the thing—the thing is, though, like you, the, sta- the stage at Staffs is—you know—it's—it's it's a great piece of kit, and um, yeah, I, I definitely to to comment on what Natalie said earlier about biggest mocap stage. It's definitely up there as one of the uh, biggest mocap stages in a, in an educational situation. Um, you know what they what what they built at Staffs all the tech team and all the anima all the uh lecturers at the time who were helping building the stage, they really they really looked at it and went, right, how can we make this work? So, you know, they they really did nail it on their head. They really did. So shout out to them.
0: Yeah, I did I did love like working there. I really did enjoy working there. Um I remember I did my motion capture stuff and um during the animation unit we had to do like our own we basically ran our own shoots, but obviously you can't be you can't be the person doing the mocap in your own shoot. And I was trying to do, like, this parkour tech demo, and I remember the guy who was doing my motion capture, like, the guy who was performing, uh, he was too scared to, like, vault over things. So I got like, <laughs> got some really crap data from this shoot it's of, like, this guy, like, limping over, like, a post. To, like It's meant to be like Assassin's Creed, where, like, they sprint at it, they, like, do a sideways vault, and it looked cool as fuck, but... The dude that I recorded with, he, he, like, he, like, he, like, put both hands on the bar. He, like, slowly, like, lifted his leg over and then, like, placed it on the other side and scooched over. On my mocap day, it was just, like, it was really bad at the end. It was accurate. Mo-cap. It was accurate, but it was, like, imagine playing Assassin's Creed, right, but every time you go to jump off a building, um, the assassin, like, has a panic attack about the height he's leaping off. <laughs> or he or he like gets his foot caught on the bar as he like hops over and he like falls on the ground. That was the kind of data I was capturing.
2: Mo cap to no gap. <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: You're a weapon, mate. Absolute weapon. Brush your doof. Amazing. So we've heard both your origin stories. We've learnt some really cool things. Um I wanna quit my job tomorrow and become a motion capture specialist. How do I train to do it? What would you What would you guys recommend is like the best way for someone to develop skills to to operate in your role without dying of imposter syndrome?
2: So, one thing I learned um, is that you literally need to become a sponge and absorb every little bit of not like every little bit of knowledge that is given to you. Um, it's a very much hands on job in terms of what you learn. Um, obviously, there are training sessions that do tend to happen and I'm pretty sure it's kind of you know, global in terms of the industry with mocap. but being on the job being aware like, just the willingness and keenness to want to learn more uh, will really help you in this position, I mean like Natalie said, you know, there was you know you don't have to know much but if you're willing to learn and willing to commit yourself to that role then you'll go far and
1: admitting your limits like there's no point in trying to pretend you know more than you do because if you're tested on that you're just gonna fail and that's that's not good but yeah cj's right you just there's plenty of resources out there on google on how to get started in mocap. There's plenty of YouTube tutorials, as there is with anything 3D-related, game-related. There's tutorials for days, you just have to know where to look. Um Yeah, it's just the, the willingness to just sit and bash your head against something until it sticks, because that, that's what I did.
0: That's a mood, to be honest. That's that's, <laughs> yeah. that's my job too. Just, just uh it, it's not gonna work, but just keep throwing time and energy at it and eventually it will break and it'll will, it will work for you. It'll bend to
2: yeah. you. I think because of you know the hours we do as a team and whatnot, being having that positive attitude as well really helps. Because if one person um you know is really kind of like not having a good time as it were um then it becomes quite tough and that energy absorbs and you need to be you know you need to keep it you need to keep the positivity energy uh to keep the team going because days do get long you know there are there have been shoots where it's just like you know what we're doing here you know i'm tired but you know there's a guy on our team he's like The most positive person i've ever met in my entire life you look at him and you just smile you know
1: little ball of sunshine i'm not on your team
2: (laughs) i was about to turn around and say he's got a perfect beard but then i'd be like hold on i'm I'm not on your team
1: double (laughs) double i'm not on (laughs) your team what do you mean
2: (laughs) but no it's it's great having having that positive energy just it pushes us to do more i know sounds really cliche and cheesy but it does it just does genuinely help I think
0: that's across all teams to be honest like you know no one wants that one person that's like just won't put the energy in and doesn't want to be there like it's you, you've all got to be on board you've all got to be working you know it it's tough work i think it's tough work across the board and like honestly like if if everyone's not in it then it it becomes harder but when everyone's yeah, on board definitely. and everyone's chugging in the same direction it's like we can do anything we can do anything we can make crazy stuff um, it's yeah. something you see across the board at CIG, um, especially is everyone's so passionate about the project and just wants mm-hmm. it to be the best possible version of itself. It's not always the best yeah. thing. <laughs> but um, you know a lot, a lot of heads will butt on decisions and stuff, but like honestly like it's you know it's it all comes from a place of passion and you know I remember I remember doing the group project at uni and you know half the half the group's on board of it, half the groups not on board of it and you know ha- end up half of you carry the project. And the other half kind of drag it back, and then you end up with sort of like a mid mid kind of project. But when yeah, you was, when you
2: go on, I was going to say I was wondering why my back was hurting after we did that. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, we were on the same team. We were like proper try hard. Yeah,
2: no, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nah, we, we had a rough had
0: a rough time, didn't we? <laughs> man, <laughs> man. group projects, man, don't do them. I mean, do do them, but like, oh,
2: do as a job. But
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, Job is just a great project, except everyone's motivated by money, aren't they? So, win-win. <laughs> amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I need to stop saying that. I get to the end and I'm like, amazing. <laughs> um, amazing. As you can, you can probably tell. I, I get nervous about doing these podcasts, and I'm still finding my feet with it. They're getting better and better. I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's hard. What have, have you two done anything like this before? Is this your first? Kind
2: of. I mean, I was going to say like I, I kind of did this kind not, not like a podcast, but obviously with music, I was often in front of people, and yeah, that it's it's a scary experience, you know, having to kind of make a show work. You know, that's essentially what you're doing. Um, did you do full shows yeah, before. Having... So again, when
0: you did your music stuff, you did full shows before.
2: Yeah, 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 full full gigs. You know, did a few things here and there. Nice. Um, did it, did it for a good while as well and yeah you basically have to keep 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 it going you know um so yeah I've, I've had that kind of experience kind of trying to control something in that regard
0: it's weird I think when you do like a show or something like I used to do um well, when I was younger i used to do pantomime so i used yeah. to, i used to come out on stage uh and one year i remember i was like the the dame so I was dressed I had like a dress on makeup and stuff
1: incredible but
0: amazing. yeah there, there's pictures I'll, I'll show you the pictures oh, afterwards. Yes, I, won't, I won't be posting them online but um yeah no it's weird when you when you go on stage it's almost like you be, the first few seconds are like awful and then you just it goes it's gone once you've been up yeah. there for a bit it's you, you you get used to it and you're not nervous anymore and it's really weird because like I used to be quite confident when I was on stage but now I I feel like I'm I'm getting better but I I'm quite quite nervous when talking to like new people and stuff and like I don't know I can't I can't like make like at work for example if I'm in the queue for the coffee machine I'm like I can't talk to anyone around me unless I already know them like I won't go and just mm-hmm. talk to someone like I get really nervous about it and it's just weird it's weird that you can have the confidence to go do something like
2: a show but then when you're like you're at work. you just at work talking to normal people. It's like, ooh, shy. Yeah, uh, my my problem is like, I can't see anyone. So if someone's come up to, so I, like, if someone's coming towards me, I'm like, why are they coming towards me? And if they're like arms <laughs> um, length in front of me, I'm like, oh, hello. So I have to quickly prepare myself. I'm like, oh, god.
0: I just thought you meant you were too short, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you for oh, he's talking about the wow. eyesight. Ah. Wow. <laughs> That's like, just move out. <laughs> Stood in front of the sofa.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think like, uh, one of the one of the first things I struggled with uh, when I began was actually seeing the stage. But It turns out I was just short-sighted. So,
1: yeah,
2: <laughs> my my team pushed me to get my eyes tested, and lo and behold, incredibly short-sighted. But you're all sorted for that now. Yeah, Yeah, I'm
0: all good. (laughs) You fix your eyesight, and all the data you've captured the past, how many years? (laughs) It's just corrupt.
2: It's suddenly improved, and everyone's like, what?
0: We had, uh, what was it? Stee. You remember Stee? Obviously, you you remember Stee. Obviously, you remember Stee. Um, I remember for ages, he was like doing his job. He's a character artist for Sonic. Um, Not Not Sonic games. He works for Sonic.
2: Sonic Um, is his boss.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sonic's the one that signs his pacelet. but yeah he, I remember like for the longest time he was doing character art but he was like he, he got his eyes tested like two years into his job or something and he's like the woman was like you should have come here ages ago you're like oh my you're pretty much blind <laughs> and then he got his glasses done and he's like oh my god I can literally see and I was like how did you pass as a character artist for like two three years without no eyesight that man can do anything
2: his name's Steve, and he's a legend.
0: He is a legend. He's... I don't know what his
2: full name is, but Steve. It's just Steve.
0: That's all you need to know.
2: I got a funny story about Steve, actually. Uh, so, the first time I met Stee, he thought I was someone's child. <laughs> 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 we were at, uh, what was it? I mean, he's not wrong. He's, he's not wrong. You know, we were at Gradex, and I was walking around. At this point in time, I'd obviously spoken to you, and I was getting to know everyone. And I saw Steve, and. Uh, I said, "Ah, oh, Steve, is this your projects?" And he's looking at me, and he's like, "Whose kid's this?" You know. And he's like, uh, uh, <laughs> he's yeah. still at the side, like you
0: got any games on your phone.
2: <laughs> and he turned around. I turned around to him. I went, "I'm Connor, by the way." And he went, "No way, mate. I thought you were someone's kid." And I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Retreats back behind the, the desk. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure after that, I was like, "Yeah, I see. So I'll see you later." You know. Just, crying in my eyes just like can't believe this yeah for context
0: like Connor's quite short and I'm also quite short but at uni we were sort of the same height but we couldn't decide he was taller because <laughs> what was it did I have my hair my hair was like quite large
2: my hair was large your <laughs> No, is it large your...
0: yeah we, we couldn't decide what factor it was like we didn't know if like one of us was taller because of what shoes we were wearing or something so like pandemic hit we were all working from home, and then we went, um, when the, our new office got announced, we came to Manchester to, like, look at the locations and to meet-up, and I brought a measuring tape to put, to basically, <laughs> like, fact-check, <laughs> fact-check him. I was like, I don't believe you're, the, you the height, you so you are. I
2: was going to say, I went to shake your hand, and you went to pull tape out your bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, you're holding your hand out, and I just whipped a tape measure out. I, was, I, was, like, I right. was just like, what is going on? <laughs> Business first, <laughs> pleasantry second. <laughs> Turns out you were like 0. 0.5 inches taller than me.
0: Yeah, what was I at the time? What was it?
2: Five six point five. Yeah, there's no chance. There's, I'm pretty sure those sizes are wrong anyway. You're going to have to bring the tape in again. Well, yeah,
0: we've probably grown by now. Grown? Yeah, we're pretty not <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Mate, but
1: you're, you're probably, probably taller.
0: That, that bus is long gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, no... I swear, you still you can still grow. How tall are you, Natalie?
1: Five foot on the dot.
0: All right.
2: Well, today <laughs> you lose.
1: Yeah. Today uh, you lose. That's about standard.
2: <laughs> I love, I love how this chat has gone from like game dev in our past to how tall we are. Yeah, this is. I mean, this is the origin story, right? This is
0: <laughs> this is the useful information people want.
2: They I want to know how tall part. you have to be
0: to, to operate uh, a motion capture studio. So, we'll say, we'll say five foot is the minimum
2: height. <laughs> are you, saying, <laughs> yeah, minimum that? Minimum are you height? saying that? Are you saying that? The mocap team is all small. <laughs> we,
1: <laughs> we are a actually pretty are. short team. <laughs> uh, are, you,
2: are you the shortest? I
1: am the shortest. Uh, who's the next shortest?
2: And then, uh, uh, Katie? Katie? There's and more then, people shorter than you. And then me and wine, I think, are the same height. wine is slightly taller, actually. Yeah, well, you're sure. Surely they'd hire someone,
0: like, taller to help put the cameras up or something. Mocap, mate. Is that? that... Small, smaller means speed. That's heightest, mate. <laughs> smaller means speed. <laughs> just a bunch of, just a bunch of little Mocap specialists running around. <laughs> you just, just hear on the on the floor, like...
2: Someone, <laughs> someone blows the whistle from... Gabriel and the Charlie and the Chocolate factory in that field.
0: We'll start coming out, dancing and singing out of little doors in the side of the snow cap stage.
1: With velcro in our hands, just like Ooh.
0: Velcro and those those micro
2: ripping your suit.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh no. Oh Dire.
0: Right, let's get back on topic. we've strayed we've strayed far now. We've gone into height, which is <laughs> not not a relevant field. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so training to be a motion capture specialist, a lot of the resources are online. And as Natalie's proven, you can literally buy an Xbox 360 camera and do some <laughs> yeah. motion capture on that, which is insane. Could you do it with the iToy? You know, the PS2 iToy thing? No. Does that work? What's special no. about the the Xbox 360 one? Like, what does it do <laughs> that other cameras don't?
1: It has the infrared in it. I think that was the main reason. It's just
0: an infrared tracker. Yeah. And then what do you um, do? You put on the suit in your room or something on to
1: no, catch that way or? No, it just tracked. It, again, it did a really bad job, but it just tracked like my body movements, um, just from the infrared. Again, the same way it would do if you were playing the Natural Connect game. Like just dance games, or something. Yeah. Um. And there was like a face version that I tried to use, and then it didn't work, and I wasn't going to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you don't even need that these days because a lot of the new phones are coming with like the option to use motion tracking software on the cameras. It's insane.
0: So you could literally do like some motion capture with like. What was it? The iPhone's got like a LiDAR scanner or something, right? I don't know if that's anything relevant.
1: Some of the, the new Androids and that are coming out with it too. It's it's crazy. If I could afford <laughs> one of those phones, I'd be like, yes, let's go.
0: You heard it. If there's no. Google Pixel, we're advertising. Like, if you want to send some free samples, we're, we're here. We'll do it. Mm-hmm. we'll do some motion mm-hmm. capture with them. Solid. Compare it. <laughs> Compare it, yeah. That'd be a good video, actually. Right, you have, two we- have to start a YouTube channel. I want you to like, basically, just get the most wild, ridiculous cameras and do motion capture with them.
1: I would absolutely do that.
0: <laughs> get a Polaroid <laughs> and take frames. Stop motion with oh, Polaroid. Gosh. Man, amazing! Not oh, done it again. See, <laughs> it's like um, it's like that Game Awards thing where he's like incredible. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. That's a bad habit I'm going to have to get out of. Diet. Ugh. Okay, so, yeah. So, you can do it with any camera, pretty much. Especially the new smartphones. There's resources online. Any other skills that would be like, yo, what are they searching for specifically when they're looking for motion capture specialists? Because obviously, in... in uh, What's it? On-stage kind of stuff. It's hard to get unless you go to a university with, like, a stage yeah. one. So, if... Ignoring that. What are the kind of core skills? Like if you say like a top three, what would be the three core skills you need?
1: Understanding the three D software. So Maya, Blender, um anything that you can animate in. That is number one, because having animation fundamentals for the three D software is incredibly useful. Um obviously Maya and 3ds Max and whatnot are a little bit inaccessible due to the price. rip (laughs) off But again, Blender is doing pretty well. No, Blender? Yes. It is Blender. I'm confusing myself. But yeah. There is programs out there to start trying. There's also... There's a couple of websites that you can go to that you can sh- like pick a character and watch it like take motion capture data. Um, hang on. I'll 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 do some googling and then is it yeah. like stuff like Mixamo? Yes, Mixamo,
0: not the, one. not the one, yeah.
1: Yes, just even looking at stuff like that is a really good way to kind of see how it works i suppose because that's what i started with like way back in college before i even went to uni i just played about Mixamo for a while
0: awesome so we've got the 3d software for mm-hmm. with animation cj you got one
2: yeah i think communication just in general when you do mocap not only are you dealing with the tech side, but you're also, you know, working with actors. And I think that is a skill in itself. So when you put on a suit, it's obviously not a very comfortable experience for the actors. So making them comfortable, making sure they're in good hands, you know, um, if something's wrong <laughs> uh, or if something needs to be sorted with the suit, they need to know that. I just, sorry, um, sorry
0: for laughing. I just had an image of you like. Putting your hand on someone's shoulder, like from really low down and going, It's alright, mate.
2: It's happened. Though. The, light, the lycra's a tight fit, but it's alright. <laughs> it's only for a couple of hours. Yeah, just making sure, you know, they've got a good team behind them, working with them as well. Um and good listening skills because again you're gonna be working with directors who are <laughs> just gonna throw tape names at you. Um you need to be on the board yeah, with that. They <laughs> yeah so i think being on the board with that really helps i think in terms of your portfolio um showing that you have worked with mocap in any kind of facility, whether it be mixamo or your own recorded mocap i think having that and having it implemented into you know something like an engine or a shader mm-hmm. as long as you have added onto that so you haven't just gone bam bam you know that's my work i've just downloaded it from mixamo you know, um, it helps. It helps a lot. Um, for an exam, an example being um, a, a piece I had on my portfolio was I was lucky enough to be on a mocap stage, but I just recorded myself uh, and I split it into four screens with um, the ref footage, the raw data, and you know the final product. Having it in uh, Maya and basically showing, you know, this is what it looks like having that kind of simple basic workflow of a b and c to get to d you know it helps it helps a lot Um, that's all i would have to say in that regard
1: also take notes and document any steps that you take when you're trying to learn something new because that can get you far as well and then if you if you just have anything that shows that you have an understanding of a process that's instant primary point
2: yeah skippers are trippers as i like to say
0: <laughs> so you mentioned showreel is showreel necessary to go for your you guys jobs is that something yes. they'd look for and does yes. that just contain can that contain just keyframed animation or does it need to be you know like some uh, vocab data that's been cleaned up and Animators.
2: So I would say there's a kind of there's there's a little bit of confusion when it comes to um mocap and keyframed animation. When it comes to applying for jobs, you know, there's been people who have applied for a job and they've presented us a keyframe animation show reel, and it's like, well, it's great that you can do that, and you know, their work is great keyframe, but they say mocap and they don't really show it off on their por- portfolio. So I think. Showing more mo- mocap off on that portfolio, uh, you know, m- m- it, it comes across like you you want to be a mocap specialist. Um, whereas if someone came to apply for a job and they had loads of keyframed animations, and they said I'm interested in mocap, you know, it's it's one of those things. You can obviously bring that you have the knowledge of keyframed animation to your interview, but I would preferably say. If you're wanting to pursue a mocap career, stick to mocap as much as you can, even if you have one or two pieces. With animation, it doesn't need to be, you know, rendered at 4K, uh, you know, shaders, all this stuff and the other, it It doesn't need to be that. As long as you can see that there's movement, and as long as you can see it's clean, and as long as you can see there is an understanding of that mocap data, that will help you out really like a lot.
0: I've to drop a last amazing in there. There was there was there was a really long pause and I was like, Do you oh, what? No. I had I had an internal battle. I was like <laughs> I was like, no, don't say it and then I was like I don't know how to round this off now.
1: I amazing. would like to add as well that I had two showreels. A main showreel that showcased all my animation work and a separate showreel that was just motion capture. Triangle. and I think that helped
0: that's dedication and and yeah. did you did you I'm just trying to think did you make them two at the same time before there was like a mocap job available or did you do both yes. of them just knowing that you wanted a mocap one eventually
1: uh well part of it was also part of like the uni thing i had yeah. to do a specific showreel as part of my like grade but it was also really good to have as just like something to look at and be like oh yeah i did that and yeah i don't know it's something because i have also done like keyframes um lip sync animation and i have a separate show reel just for that too so it's just nice to have like a main one that has everything in it and then speciality ones so that you can just be like look here's one i prepared for you earlier
0: maximizing those those opportunities
1: yes exactly it's if really you're spending the time to... on it anyway you might as well create an entire showreel for it too
0: and are these showreels available like online are we able yeah. to like because um i think people would be interested to see kind of what that looks like because we we always a, a lot of the uh resources online it's always like an artist portfolio like an environment artist or you know a props artist um and I think it'd be really cool to get some visibility on you know what an animator's portfolio looks like, what a motion capture specialist portfolio looks like. Um, so yeah, I'll make sure that I post those in the description because I think that's really really valuable information to kind of post about. It's really rare that we get to talk to people like in motion capture, uh, and in, in animation as well. Like um, I remember when I was coming through uni, there was like one animator at the time that posted like like well, there was probably more, but. I remember a prominent one being a, a a guy called Jonathan Cooper who did like Assassin's Creed animations and stuff that was one of the ones I, I looked at a lot and I'm sure there was more but it's it's nowhere near as prominent as like 3d art and and that kind of thing so it'd be cool yeah. to get some visibility out there for that
1: it's definitely good to have like just in a divertment portfolio sense it's good to have like your complete short rails and any like Still images and stuff, but also having a works in progress bit to show off as well that you just regularly update. I find that really helpful because it's like, oh, they're actually still working on stuff. That's cool. They've not just given up on it, you know. And yeah. I say that, and you're gonna link my website Is that I haven't updated in about <laughs> two years. <but> that's fine
0: <laughs> it's different when you get there though, because like you go from having Definitely. that eight hours. Or however many hours a day you have at uni, like to having you know no time at all when you get home, and when you guys are pulling those those hours doing you know the big shoots, and you know you don't you don't always want to do it when you come on and come home. You want to you know when you get into the industry and you you think right I'm here now I'm gonna do all my yeah. learning during the day, uh, and I when I go home I'm gonna focus on something other than you know because when you come out of uni you've just spent three years four years like hammering a subject and then that becomes your full-time job so you know it can't be blamed i think people that that are in the industry are far too harsh on themselves when they say like oh i'm not doing anything at home but i know it's hard as well because like there's a lot of pressure that comes from yourself as well to do that
1: yeah Um, it's a whole other thing as well like coming from having to work at all times even during uni it's Exhausting. <laughs> Absolutely exhausting to constantly be working like a a retail job and also trying to be creative at the same time. But that's that's a whole other conversation that could take hours.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I think I mentioned last on last week's episode we've got a friend called John who like basically spent some time like working in retail and doing his portfolio at the same time and honestly I don't the strength it takes to do that is is insane. It's insane, mm-hmm. strength, because you know dealing with people all day, and then you come over and you work on, you know, essentially a, a brand new skill for a brand new job, and it's it's a lot. So, Dad. Pain, pain,
1: pain. <laughs> all pain right. So
0: to start wrapping up, um, I want from each of you, I want something that you wish you knew when you were younger. When you started out. Maybe that'd be a bit of advice or I don't know, some words of wisdom. Just just one thing each of something you tell yourself when you're younger, whether that be when you were starting uni or back when you're in school or whenever you like. Um
2: Um can you be that, Natalie? <laughs> <laughs> so I think one of the things I would have said to myself um, when starting this job in particular, get ready to run because everything's <laughs> gonna you're going to hit the ground running kind of thing. Um, you know, it's it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. But be committed to learn. Be committed to just become like make it, you know, what you do is Become willing to accept that, you know, there are going to be long days. Um, days are going to be different. Days are going to be challenging. But don't let it push you off. Or put you off even, sorry.
1: That was very deep.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it.
1: That's all I've got to say. I would say my younger self don't be afraid to fail and that things do take time like the the hardest thing when you come out of uni or you're teaching yourself these skills is the time it can take to land your first job in the industry and it feels awful having constant rejections but you just have to keep pushing through because eventually you'll get your chance and then hopefully you just Take the chance and run with it, because that's that's how to get there. But yeah, I'd say it to my younger self, don't be afraid to fail; it'll happen.
0: When um, out of curiosity, when when you left uni, how long was it before you got to where you are now? Because you said you worked at a television company, right? um Yeah, that was
1: that was six months. Well, I left uni and it was about seven-ish months before i got the opportunity to work for the tv show again that was sheer luck i was working my retail job hating my life and someone came in (laughs) to trade in a console and they mentioned that they were working on a tv show and i was like oh cool animation for a tv show like is there any openings and it gave me like the LinkedIn for his boss, and his boss phoned me that night and offered me a job. It was just sheer luck being in the right place at the right time. What console um, was he buying? <laughs> he was <laughs> trading in a, an Xbox One. Oh. Um. So.
0: That's that's crazy. Yeah, that's talk. crazy to think that like you go through uni for three years, and then not a whiff of anything but then yeah. you trade in a console one day and then suddenly the opportunity comes out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, basically. Uh, so yeah, I did that job for six months and then they finished filming the TV show and that was that. So then I was unemployed for a couple of months and then I worked in a warehouse and I was working in the warehouse when I got offered this job. So I felt like an absolute failure after that TV show. Because it was like, yeah, I finally got a foot in the door. Oh no, I'm back where I started.
0: How long was the How long was the TV show for? Was that for a few months or a year or like
1: six Six months. Six I months. Worked on that. Yeah, and then hang on, seven months until I got this job. So that was three months of unemployment. And then the the rest, I was working in a warehouse. Because I'd given up at that point. <laughs> I was still applying to jobs obviously, but it was constant noise.
0: Yeah, I mean we again like it it's we, we talk about this quite a bit where it's you know, a lot of it is is preparation. And then mm-hmm. a lot of it's also like luck at the time um just finding the right like, opportunities and unfortunately at the moment like especially like today like the opportunities in the industry like there's not there's not many going at all like a lot of it's just senior lead roles now um and it's It's very
1: difficult to get a junior role which makes me sad because the people i went to uni with so talented but some of them haven't got a job in the industry and it makes me really sad
0: yeah because you just want like everyone you go to uni with you want to see succeed
1: exactly
0: like we I mean the staff slot, we've we've all been quite lucky to be honest I mean a lot of a lot of the people I went to uni with ended up coming to to cloud um with us at different points which is we've all kind of everyone went in their own directions but we've all kind of kind of grouped at cloud it's quite um, I, yeah, how, exactly. how many people do you know at cloud
2: <laughs> I, I was going to say there was a point where me i think you as well and dan had job offers on the same day and I remember I became came on a discord call and I was like oh guys I've got something to say and everyone was like what I was like oh I got offered a job at cloud and then I think you turned around and went what you too and then done <laughs> saved his and said yeah I found out the same day as you but I didn't want to say anything to take the light off you so I was like so yeah it's pretty wild it's crazy you c- you just can't escape me mate. that's the problem yeah no I can't escape you no matter what I I don't I'll know go. if it's a bliss or a curse but you know <laughs>
0: I'll just have to find somewhere with really like, steep steps and
2: hope I can escape <laughs> that way.
0: <one.
1: laughs> it's okay. Your previous guest can't escape me either. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: Stefan. He
1: used to be my boss. <laughs>
0: the weapon. we well, we got a trend now. It's two Scottish guests in a row. We have to get a third. Uh, hey! I don't, know any, I don't know a third Scott, uh, Scots person.
2: We're going to have to find one.
0: We'll have to scout one out, yeah. If you're Scottish, reach out. Let me let me I'm looking at you. Nah, um But yeah, no, um it's been it's been really great talking to you two. Um it's I'm I'm hoping there's gonna be quite a variety of different roles and, and stories on this podcast. And hearing both of um your guys' origin stories has been really, really interesting. And I think it's a really good contrast as well, showing two two routes leading to you know, essentially the same team, right? Um, but in two very different ways. Um, and there's some really, really good advice in there as well. Um, and I think it's gonna be very valuable for for people. And it's definitely helped me learn a bit more about motion capture because all I see is like, you know, when you see the God of War footage and you see them running about and pretending to be in a boat and stuff and you know, you only see that kind of stuff that's like published. A lot of it's kind of wrapped up and behind doors, especially our place as well, like you guys don't. Even te- you can't even tell me about anything. I'll ask Connor, like, "Oh, who's, who you been in the mocap suite with today?" And he's like, "Top secret, mate. Can't tell you." He's under that NDA times two. He's on. He's on that that extended edition NDA. Um, but yeah, yeah like same. some 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 amazing work going on behind the scenes, and I don't, you know, I don't think motion capture gets enough appreciation because um, obviously you guys have got okay. a lot of technical setup to do and. You know, it, it, it's a lot of. It's not just technical skill; it's people skills as well. Like having to interact it's with right. actors and work in that kind of you know environment under direction and stuff like that it's, I Imagine it's really intense, really intense. So yeah, great a great look into it, um, and yeah, um, I'll try and post. Right, we'll have to get your if you got your show real up, it, we'll get yours on the description as well. Yeah, Should sure do. Um, but yeah, thank you too for for your time and. It's been a delight talking to you, and hopefully have you on again in the future as well. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. you. Excellent. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Game Dev Origins podcast. We'll be back next Monday with someone who's yet to be decided um, for another Game Dev Origins story. Thanks for listening. See you later.